there and happy belated tunes day. My name is Frances and I love music. Love it. And movies. Movies and music. And the music used in movies. And TV. I'm the friend who notices the music used in the media constantly to the point that my friends think of me immediately if and when they notice it themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to my podcast, Needle Drops That Will Change Your Life. What is a needle drop? I'm glad you asked. Wikipedia defines a needle drop as the use of an existing recording rather than an original score in a film. I'd also add television or honestly any other form of media, video games, movie trailers, and more. For example, any of the songs I discuss on this very podcast. Why should you care about my thoughts on needle drops? Well, I'm a great person, obviously, but other than that, being a music supervisor is my dream job. But I'm in Texas where there aren't a ton of opportunities for me to get into that industry, so I'm dipping my toe into the world of podcasting to discuss the incredible work that music supervisors do. What exactly do they do? Let me tell you. According to the Berklee College of Music, music supervisors artfully select and license pre-existing songs and recordings for use in movies, television shows, and video games. Today, we're trying to win back an ex-wife by entering a dance competition with a new friend with a capital F as we explore the use of My Cherie Amour by Stevie Wonder in Silver Linings Playbook. Our music supervisor is Susan Jacobs. She is a music supervisor and owner of Supervision. As Jacobs tells it, the most important thing is to never assume that you know. The idea is to try to get them to think about how the scene should play. You're helping the director have the conversation with himself. Her previous music supervision credits include No Hard Feelings, Why the Last Man, Cruella, Promising Young Woman, I, Tanya, Little Miss Sunshine, and many more. She has received two nominations for the Guild of Music Supervisors Award for her work on I, Tanya and Big Little Lies. She also has two Grammy nominations under her belt for Best Compilation Soundtrack for American Hustle and Little Miss Sunshine, as well as an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Individual Achievement in a Craft, Music, and Sound for the documentary film Picados de Mi Padre. In 2017, Jacobs won the very first Primetime Emmy for Outstanding Music Supervision for her work on the HBO drama series Big Little Lies. In an article from Variety about the first ever Music Supervision Emmy going to a woman, Variety reported that when the Emmy nominations were announced, three of the five contenders in the Music Supervision category were women. A better female-to-male ratio than most other races, which begs the question, is there a particular skill set required of music supervision that draws so many women to the field? Or is there something more visceral, an ear for music and picture, that's better served by women? That so many women are thriving in a world of sinks and publishing points to a more significant mile marker and a road ahead that looks deservedly more open to female domination. In an article with Billboard, Susan Jacobs said on the Motion Picture Arts and Sciences Academy adding a music supervision category, we're still waiting for the Academy to figure it out because we make a big difference. You're working hand in hand with your directors, she said. Supervision is main title credited. Production designers, costume designers, composers are all in there and music supervisors are not. It's disrespectful. So come on, Oscars, add a music supervision category. They deserve it.
So what do we know about the artist and the song outside of the needle drop? My Cherie Amour is a 1969 song by Motown singer-songwriter Stevie Wonder. The song reached number four on the Billboard Pop chart in August 1969 to be Wonder's third top ten hit. At the same time, it hit number four in the R&B charts, and at the end of 1969, the song was ranked as number 32 for the entire year. Stevie Wonder also recorded Spanish and Italian language versions of the song. I want to take another minute to congratulate SAG-AFTRA on the ending of their strike. I know they are still working on ratifying and voting on the terms of their new contract, but it sounds like it is a good first step in um, a lot of things that they were needing and moving forward. So again, congratulations. And, um, you know, I know it's only a three-year contract, so likely we'll, we'll <laughs> things will happen again in three years, um, which is unfortunate that the studios are being greedy, but you know, I wish everyone the best and I'm excited that this first step has been taken. Who are the characters in the movie? Bradley Cooper is Patrizio Pat Solitano Jr., a former teacher and recent divorcee. Jennifer Lawrence is Tiffany Maxwell, a young widow. Robert De Niro plays Patrizio Pat Solitano Sr., Pat and Jake's father. Jackie Weaver is Dolores Solitano. Pat and Jake's mother. Shay Wiggum is Jake Solitano, Pat's brother. Anupam Kerr is Cliff Patel, Pat's doctor and friend. Chris Tucker is Danny McDaniels, a good friend of Pat's from the psychiatric hospital. John Ortiz plays Ronnie, Veronica's husband, Pat's best friend, and Tiffany's brother-in-law. Julia Stiles plays Veronica Maxwell, Tiffany's sister. And Paul Herman plays Randy, Pat Sr.'s friend. IMDb Summary After a stint in a mental institution, former teacher Pat Solitano moves back in with his parents and tries to reconcile with his ex-wife. Things get more challenging when Pat meets Tiffany, a mysterious girl with problems of her own. Beat by beat. Pat Solitano, who has bipolar disorder, is released from a mental health facility into the care of his parents after eight months of treatment. He learns that his wife, Nikki, has moved away and his father, Pat Sr., is out of work and resorting to bookmaking to earn money to start a restaurant. Pat is determined to get his life back on track and reconcile with Nikki, who obtained a restraining order against him after the violent episode that sent him away. While talking to his court-mandated therapist, Dr. Patel, Pat explains again why he was hospitalized. Coming home early from his high school teaching job, he found Nikki in their shower having sex with another teacher as Pat and Nikki's wedding song, Stevie Wonder's My Sherry Amour, played on their stereo. Enraged, he nearly beat the man to death. Despite this, Pat doesn't believe he needs medication to manage his condition. Well, uh, let's go back to the incident. I come home from work after I, I, I left early, which I never do, by the way, but I got in a fight with Nancy, the school high school principal. I come home, and what's playing but the song from my wedding? 
the song that you so charmingly played out here today for us. That's playing. And I don't think anything of it, which is odd, because I should have. I come home, what do I see? I see, I walk in the door and I see underwear and pieces of clothing and a guy's pants with his belt in it. And I walk up the stairs and all of a sudden I see the DVD player. And on the DVD player is the CD and it's playing the wedding song. And then I look down and I see my wife's panties on the ground. And then I look up and I look up and I see her naked in the shower. And I think, oh, that's kind of sweet. She's in the shower. What a perfect thing. I'm going to find her and maybe I'll go in there. We never fuck in the shower anymore. Maybe today we will. I pull the curtain back and there's the fucking history teacher with tenure. And you know what he says to me? You should probably go. That's what he says to me. So yeah, I snapped. I almost beat him to death. But then I get fucking chastised for it. I get that I'm parallel to my father. I don't think so. All right. Can you talk about something that you did before or after? Yeah, about a week before the incident, I called the cops. And I told them that my wife and the history guy were plotting against me by embezzling money from the local high school, which... wasn't true. It was a delusion. And we later found out from the hospital that's because I'm, uh... Undiagnosed bipolar. Yeah. With mood swings and weird thinking brought on by severe stress, which rarely happens, thank God. Pat's therapist tries to convince him to keep taking his medication as a repeat of his violent outbursts might send him back to the clinic. Pat tells him that he has a new outlook on life. He attempts to see the good or silver linings in all that he experiences. Meanwhile, Pat experiences a series of anxiety attacks. At dinner with his friend Ronnie, he meets Ronnie's sister-in-law, Tiffany Maxwell, a young widow and recovering sex addict who just lost her job. Pat and Tiffany develop an odd friendship through their shared neuroses, and he sees an opportunity to communicate with Nikki through her. Tiffany offers to deliver a letter to Nikki if, in return, he will be her partner at an upcoming dance competition. I can't give the letter to Nikki. Tiffany, what are you talking about? What do you mean you can't give the letter to Nikki? I didn't, because what am I getting in return? What are you doing for me? You said, you said if I wrote a letter, you'd get it to Nikki. That was the setup? I do this time after time after time. I do all this shit for other people. And then I wake up and, and I'm empty. I have nothing. What are you talking about? You seem like you're a tough girl to me. Well, you just do things on your own. I always get myself in these fucking situations. I give everything to other people and nobody ever, I never, I don't get what I want, okay? I'm not my sister. Alright, we'll ask for you. What can I do for you? I I can't do it. Tiffany, what do you want me to do? Think of something. There's this thing. It's a thing. Okay, what kind of thing? It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a, it's a, it's a dance thing. It's a dance thing. All right. It's a competition thing at the Benjamin Franklin Hotel. Tommy would never do yeah, it with well, me, and I missed dead, it every so single year. Would you please? No, I don't have a filter one... when I talk. I know you I don't have, have a filter. filter. Can we have one talk, fucking right? conversation without yes, you reminding me that my goddamn I'm husband is dead? Okay, I'm oh sorry. Oh my god. But I can only do it if I have a partner. And now I'm about to miss it for another Whoa, year. I'm not going to fucking dance with you. What are you talking about? What? Your schedule is so busy? Grapes of Wrath and watching football with your dad? Dude, I'm not going to do a dance with you. Well, I'm not giving you your fucking letter. Wait a second. You, but you promised you would do this. Pat reluctantly agrees, and the two begin a rigorous practice regimen over the following weeks. Pat believes the competition will be a good way to show Nikki that he has changed and become a better man. 
Football stays out of this place, so does Lord of the Flies. Wait, wait, no, 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 no. What are you doing? It's, I'm behind on my syllabus. I don't give a fuck. What the hell are you doing? Hey, hey! You just throw that outside? What, you're not gonna read that shit on my time. I can tell you all about the Lord of the Flies. It's a bunch of boys on an island, and they have a conch, they have a shell, and whoever has the conch has the power, and they can talk. And if you don't have the conch, then you don't have the power. And then there's a little chubby boy, and they call him Piggy, and they're really mean. And then there's a murder. I mean, humanity is just nasty, and there's no silver lining. Wow, that was a great synopsis. I still need to read it, though. Who's that? Hello? What the hell? What are you doing here, man? If one of your two supervising physicians loses their license, then your whole adjudication is thrown out. How'd you know we were here? I went by your parents' house looking for you, and they told me oh, you was over Danny, here. this is Tiffany. Tiffany, this is Dan. Hey, Tiffany. Pat told me about you. So is this the girl you wrote about? Yeah. What? You wrote about me? I'm the girl? He wrote about you, all right. What did he say? He said you guys was helping each other out, and you were nice, and you... You had a mouth on you, but whoa, 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 whoa. You, okay, you're okay. a little mouthy, yeah, yeah. but no, please tell me more about what he said in the letter. Yeah, anything you want to know, I'll just tell you in the letter. It was nothing about it. It was just a very general letter. Cool. She's fine. She is my friend with an F. A capital F. Tiffany gives Pat a typed reply from Nikki in which she cautiously hints there may be a chance for reconciliation between them. Things go well for Pat until his father asks him to attend an Eagles game he has bet virtually all of his money on as a good luck charm. Pat skips dance practice with Tiffany to attend the game, but is dragged into a fight and hauled away by police. The Eagles lose the game, and Pat Sr. is furious. Tiffany shows up at the Solitano house and berates Pat. When Pat Sr. claims that the Eagles lost because of Tiffany being involved in Pat's life, she refutes his allegations by pointing out that the Philadelphia teams have done better whenever she and Pat were together. What is this craziness with Tiffany There's Maxwell? No craziness. I told you this who she was. I was doing this thing with her. We had a conversation. Nuts. When you started spending time with her, it all fell apart. This is the, the fucking reason right here. You think I fucked up all the Eagles, Juju, don't you? Ever, ever since. Ever since he was with you. Ever since you he was You think that... I'm why today's happened. That's right. You are why today's I'm the reason happened. why today happened. I think so. Let's talk about that. Be my guest. The first night that Pat and I met at my sister's, the Eagles beat the 49ers handily 40 to 26. The second time we got together, we went for a run, and the Phillies beat the Dodgers 7 to 5 in the NLCS. She's right, Dad. The next time we went for a run, the Eagles beat the Falcons 27 to 14. The third time we got together, we had Raisin Bran in the diner, and the Phillies dominated Tampa Bay in the fourth game of the World Series 10 to 2. Oh, wow. Fascinating. Let me think about that. Wait a minute. Well, why don't you think about when the Eagles beat the Seahawks 14 to 7? He was with you? He was with me. We went for a run. Really? There have been no games since Pat and I have been rehearsing every day. And if Pat had been with me like he was supposed to, he wouldn't have gotten in a fight. He wouldn't be in trouble. Maybe the Eagles beat the New York Giants. She's making a lot of sense, Pop. That's all right on all accounts. Does anybody here happen to know what the official motto of the state of New York is on the official seal of the state of New York? Mm-mm. Huh? Anybody? Do you? Do you know? No. No. Excelsior. Oh, Look it up. Really? What? Yeah. Excelsior. Oh, Pat. Not that I give a fuck about football or about your superstitions, but if it's me reading the signs, I don't send the Eagles guy whose personal motto is Excelsior to a fucking Giants game, especially when he's already in a legal situation. Unbelievable. Wow. This is unbelievable. 
How did you know all that stuff? I did my research. Convinced by her research, Pat Sr. makes a parlay with his friend Randy. If the Eagles win their Week 16 game against the Cowboys and Tiffany and Pat score 5 out of 10 in their dance competition, he will win back double the money he lost on this bet. Pat is reluctant to participate in the dance contest under those conditions and rereads Nikki's letter. After noticing a phrase that Tiffany had uttered recurs in the letter supposedly written by Nikki, he realized that Nikki's letter had been forged by Tiffany. Pat, Tiffany, and everyone else arrive at the competition on the night of the football game. Tiffany is horrified to discover that Nikki is in the audience. Upset that Pat may win Nikki back and that she will lose him, Tiffany goes to the bar and has two vodkas. A frantic Pat spots Tiffany and manages to coax her onto the dance floor and they perform their routine. As they dance, the Eagles win their game and at the conclusion of their set, they score exactly five points. Yeah, Pat! Yeah! I love you, Pat! All right, let's see the scores for Salatano and Maxwell. We have a 4.9, 4.8, a 4.9. That's really two bad guys. That's and, a lot of fours. And a 5.4 for an average score of 5.0. Sorry. Sorry about that, guys. Amid cheers from his family and confused looks from the crowd, Pat approaches Nikki and speaks quietly into her ear. Tiffany storms off. Pat leaves Nikki behind after only a short conversation, intent on finding Tiffany. He chases after her and tells her he knows that she forged Nikki's letter. He confesses he has loved her from the moment they met, but has taken a long time to realize it, and they kiss. Just leave me alone, Wait a please. second. I have one more letter for you to read, okay? What the fuck is the matter with you? Give it to her yourself. Hey, let me say something. You don't ever have to see me again if you just read it, all right? This is so fucked up. Yeah, just read it. Dear Tiffany. I know you wrote the letter. The only way you can meet my crazy, crazy was, was by doing something crazy yourself. Thank you. I love you. I knew it the minute I met you. I'm sorry it took so long for me to catch up. I just got stuck. Pat. They become a couple and Pat Sr. opens a restaurant with the money he has won. How does the song relate to the movie? The kernel of the song, originally titled Oh My Marsha, was written in one hour in 1966 about a girlfriend of Stevie Wonder's at the Michigan School for the Blind in Lansing, Michigan. The lyrics describe the love and affection Stevie had for his girlfriend at that time. Verse 1. Summer 
The song is Pat and Nikki's wedding song, expressing the love they have for one another. But we quickly learn, since the incident in which Pat found Nikki cheating on him, the song has become a trigger, stressing Pat out and heightening his mental illness symptoms. As Pat leaves his treatment facility, he tells his mom that he's going to work on himself and get Nikki back, starting by reading the books on her syllabus. Verse 2. In the cafe, or sometimes on a crowded street, I've been near you, but you never noticed me. My shady offer, won't you tell me how could you? One of the times the song triggers Pat is after a not date at a diner with Tiffany, his new friend who also has mental health problems of her own following the untimely death of her husband. Following a disagreement at the diner, Tiffany leaves Pat and he follows her outside a theater where the song is playing. Recognizing that the song is a trigger for him and the environment is unsafe, Tiffany covers for Pat when a police officer shows up to break up the crowd. Verse 3. work on himself and practices with Tiffany for her dance competition result in Nikki being present to see how far Pat has come in just a few short months. Pat, however, realizes that he has feelings for Tiffany and after saying a few words to Nikki, follows Tiffany outside in the snow to confess his feelings. Another song that could have been used, Ain't No Sunshine by Bill Weathers from his 1971 album, Just As I Am. The song was released as a single in 1971, becoming a breakthrough hit for Weathers, reaching number six on the U.S. R&B chart and number three on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Billboard ranked it as the number 23 song overall for 1971. Ain't No Sunshine was the first of Weathers' three gold records in the U.S. It won the Grammy for Best R&B Song in 1972. Ain't No Sunshine is ranked 285th on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. Withers was inspired to write the song after watching the 1962 movie Days of Wine and Roses. He explained in reference to the characters played by Lee Remick and Jack Lemmon. They were both alcoholics who were alternately weak and strong. It's like going back for seconds on rat poison. Sometimes you miss things that aren't particularly good for you. It's just something that crossed my mind from watching that movie, and probably something else that happened in my life that I'm not aware of. In 1971, singer Michael Jackson recorded a rendition of the song for his debut album, Got to Be There, released in early 1972. Verse 1. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. It's not warm when she's away. 
Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long Anytime she goes away When Pat discovers Nikki cheating on him with another teacher from school while their wedding song plays, Pat goes into a rage nearly killing the other man. Pat's days are dark as he struggles to control his temper and the mental health issues that set it off. Verse 2 Wonder this time where she's gone Wonder if she's gone to stay Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And this house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away Pat spends the early part of the movie trying to get Nikki back in his life, looking for ways to communicate with her via letters passed between people and asking others who might know how she is doing. Verse 4 Ain't no sunshine when she's gone Obviously, this song relates to how Pat feels about Nikki following his release from treatment. However, this verse could also apply to Tiffany easily. Specifically, when Pat skips dance practice to go to the Eagles game and the Eagles lose. Pat Sr. thinks Pat spending time with Tiffany is bad for him and both of their mental health problems. But Tiffany has done her research and tells Pat Sr. how their budding relationship is not only good for the two of them, but for the Eagles and Pat Sr.'s superstitions. Other needle drops in the movie. Silver Linings Playbook, the original motion picture soundtrack, is a soundtrack to the film of the same name, released in the U.S. by Sony Music Entertainment on November 16, 2012, for digital download. The soundtrack includes music from Stevie Wonder, the Dave Brubeck Quartet, Alt-J, Eagles of Death Metal, Jesse J, and two tracks from the score composed by Danny Elfman. Always Alright by Alabama Shakes plays during Pat's first run. Unsquare Dance by the Dave Brubeck Quartet plays as Pat walks down to meet Tiffany for their date, or non-date. The Moon of Manakura by Les Paul and Mary Ford plays during the diner scene as Pat and Tiffany talk. Monster Mash by Crab Core is the second song played at the diner. Girl from the North Country by Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash plays after Tiffany tells Pat about how Tommy died. It's also in the montage as they start dance practice. Silver Lining Crazy About You by Jesse J plays as Danny dances to an upbeat song, and it's the lead single from the soundtrack, which peaked at number 100 in the UK singles. Other media My Sherry Amore was used for and or covers of the song. In 2014, My Sherry Amour was sampled by British DJ Philip George for his single Wish You Were Mine, which topped the UK dance chart. My Sherry Amour has been covered by numerous artists, including Michael Jackson, who recorded a version of the song in 1984. It has also been featured on various television programs, including The Cosby Show, Pretty Little Liars, The West Wing, and Everybody Hates Chris. And it's also featured in films like Almost Famous and Deliver Us from Eva. 
That's all for today. Join me next time when I geek out over another needle drop. Leave a rating and review if you are so inclined and let me know what song you think would follow you from your wedding through a mental breakdown. If you're listening on Spotify, be sure to answer the question. You can also visit my podcast page on Spotify, link in the show notes, and leave me a voice message. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram and TikTok at Needle Drops Podcast. You can also find a playlist of the needle drops we've discussed on Spotify, link in the show notes. If you'd like to guest on an episode or have an idea for a needle drop that you want discussed, send me an email at needledropspodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on anything we've discussed so far or any ideas you may have for future episodes. This podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by me, Francis. Social media support also provided by me. Thank you for listening, and please don't forget to share needle drops that will change your life with someone in your life that you think would appreciate it. If you are feeling extra generous, I'd love it if you would leave a rating and review of my podcast on whichever platform you prefer. Word of mouth and reviews really help. See you next time. Uh, uh.